0: Hey there, broken salespeople. Welcome to the workshop where I help you fix your broken sales skills. My name is Red Staffstrom, and I wanna explain the introduction. Um, I wanna explain why I call this broken salespeople and where that came from. Um, Why do I believe that sales are broken? How did they get there in the first place? What's the state of the union that got us to where we are today? In order to understand how sales got broken, you have to understand where sales came from and how old it is. Sales is a new science, a very new science. At the turn of the century, and by turn of the century, I mean 1899 to 1900, there were no real sales books out there. There was no art of persuasion at that point. If you went into a self-help section of a library, The self-help, the the books that you'll find had nothing to do with sales. They had nothing to do with growing your own business, anything entrepreneurial at that point. All the books that you would have found at that point focused on character, focused on what you're doing day in, day out, the Judeo-Christian values of the day. Um, That's really the way it was in the United States. Books that were out there, tended to focus on people like Lincoln, who was extremely humble, extremely personable, um, charity, being a better person overall, fulfilling God's will, sticking to those, again, Judeo-Christian values. It was around that time that a boy named Dale listened to a Chautauqua speaker, around 1901, if I remember the year correctly. So Dale listened to the Chautauqua speaker. And if you don't know who the Chautauqua are, you could be excused. They haven't really been popular for a long time. Picture Toastmasters, but with a little bit more of a Christian-y edge. These were the professional speakers of their day, and they would go town to town and tell stories and tell parables. Uh, One of the most famous ones that you probably know of is the story of the person who sold his farm to find diamonds, not realize that he was already sitting on a bunch of gold. He, those were the kinds of parables, the kinds of stories that the Chautauqua were known for. The people who taught you to appreciate what you have, be grateful to God for what you already had. So Dale listens to this speaker and he was instantly enamored. Now, this was Dale Carnegie. Yes, that Dale Carnegie. Although at that time he spelled it C-A-R-N-E-G-E-Y and then later changed the spelling to G-I-E to match Andrew Carnegie, the giant monopoly uh, magnate of the day. So Dale listened to the speaker and he was instantly enamored and he wanted to get out of the pig farm where his parents worked. So he worked his way and found his way into college. And gradually, he found that the people who were popular at college were the people who knew how to speak, the people who knew persuasion. Um, He joined the debate club and learned all these public speaking courses and became an expert in that to the point where he started tutoring others. Then around 1912, he moved to New York City and found a sales job. Selling, I believe, for the Armor Company, A M O U R, Armor Armor Hot Dog Company. He sold, and then at night he would volunteer at the YMCA. Well, not really volunteer; he ran his own course, course on public speaking for professionals. See, this is right when things started to turn, right? When people started to realize that the money was in the cities and they started leaving their farmsteads to move into places like New York, places like Chicago. And Dale Carnegie started his on 125th Street in New York, right in Harlem. And he started teaching professionals public speaking skills. And he did very well, um, He didn't really become a household name, didn't become famous until his book in 1936, which is still read far and wide today, How to Win Friends and Influence People. See, in between that time, in between that 1912 and that 1936, something pretty drastic happened, the stock market crash of 1929. See, people realize that they're not making money at the farms anymore. There was the Dust Bowl going on. Hoover, Hoovervilles were cropping up. People were living in tents all over the country because they had lost their homes, they lost their savings, because the stock market was supposed to go up forever. Didn't happen that way. So now, as the Depression started running rampant, people needed a way to make money. And that method of making money was business, the business of persuasion. See, the great thing about sales is and was and still is that you can walk into sales with virtually nothing but the ability to speak and understand people and make thousands and thousands, if not millions and millions of dollars. So Carnegie started selling that dream and he became one of the very first people To popularize the ability to sell, the ability to persuade, to get people to like you, to be that hail fellow well met at the end of the bar because we were still an alcoholic nation, even during prohibition. That's what Dale specialized in so for a long time there's been a lot of people who followed in his footsteps very charismatic individuals who pushed that idea farther and farther and farther and now there was this whole new market of literature out there this non grow your business be better at sales literature and a lot of people stepped in to fill that role zig ziglar augmentino just to name a couple brian tracy this lasted for years and years and years and years till the 1980s. See, the 1980s is where I marked the line of delineation because prior to the 80s, what happened was a single salesman who was somewhat successful would write a book, say what they thought worked and push it out there. Now they may not have had it the right way. What they were selling may have had a specific set of rules if you sell in a retail environment you have to be a closer quite frankly you do because if they walk out that door there's 500 stores who sell that exact same commodity and if you don't do a hard close at that point you're probably never going to see them again problem is when you do that it could hurt customer satisfaction i have another video on closing you could watch or listen to that podcast but that didn't work for everybody. If you sold business to business, for instance, that closers mentality, that standing room only close actually hurts you. But because the Tracys, the Ogmundinos, the Zig Ziglers, the Dale Carnegie's sold something that worked and something that a hard close did work, that's what they perpetuated. And because human beings by their very nature enjoy instant gratification, they embraced the idea of hard closes they embraced the idea of objection handling see objection handling is great closing is great but the problem is the objections you get happen well before the customer ever says them see the thing you're most afraid of is the objection you get the most and if you don't believe me start tracking it if you are worried about price objections you're going to get more price objections if you're worried about I need to talk to my wife. They're going to talk to their wife. All of those things. So when Mandino, Tracy, Ziegler, all of these guys started learning sales, they followed these rules. That was until the 80s. The 80s marks two major books that changed the course of sales history in my mind. In 1992, there was Influence by Robert Cialdini And in 1988, there was Spin Selling by Neil Rackham. Now, these are two drastically different books. See, Robert Cialdini was a social scientist. He wasn't a salesman, not at all. He didn't sell anything. In fact, influence, even though today it's a sales classic, it wasn't aimed towards salespeople. What that book was for, what Influence aimed towards was the consumer, because Cialdini didn't want any consumers to be taken advantage of by smooth salesmen who knew how to use closing statements, who knew how to overturn objections and can kind of force you to do things that you don't really want to and aren't in your best interest. That's who Influence was written for. I think the very first line in is, is it, it, it is, I've always been a patsy. The whole point of the book was to help people from falling into those same traps that Robert himself found himself in. But salespeople started picking it up, started reading it and seeing what the results were. See, Robert Cialdini did his research. And I don't mean he read books. He did studies. He actually started tracking what salespeople do and what's effective for them. And by doing so, salespeople started picking it up and learning what was effective. This is the first book, at least that I could find, that embraced the idea of science and creating research, going by the numbers, rather than going by a single charismatic individual. See, between 1936 with Carnegie and 1982, every book that was written was written by that highly charismatic individual who knew how to close because people were attracted to him. And not usually sexually, but you you get the point. That extroverted hail fellow well met. That's who salespeople were for 50 years. Neil Rackham took it to the next level. He actually did the research to break apart what really works in sales and what doesn't. And if you ever get a chance to read spin selling, do so because it's going to change almost everything most people say about selling in general, the idea of objection handling, He's the one who turned like breaks that down. The idea of being a closer, he found zero correlation with closing training and closing techniques and success in sales zero, unless you're selling knickknacks. Basically, in the long term business to business sale, if you are doing hard closing, you are doing yourself a disservice. And he found that with numbers and actually shows the charts in that book, has those. Consult figure 2.7 for more information. So, I want you to understand that sales research did not start until 1988. Modern sales is only about as old as the Ninja Turtles. You need to understand that. So for 50 years, we were given nonsense over and over and over again. What people thought worked, there was no data behind it. That's how we got broken. And now you have people who've been in sales for 25 years and I know what works. Yeah, but if you haven't picked up a book in those last 25 years, it means nothing. It means nothing. You need to be up to date with what works today, not what works in the 1980s when second place was a set of steak knives. It's a different animal today. It's a drastically different animal. And if you don't know how to sell in an emotional, in an empathetic way, you're going to be left behind. See, it's not your fault. It absolutely isn't. You've been given advice from people who they wanted the best for you. (laughs) It was the wrong advice, but it, it was from people who wanted the best for you. And I can't fault them for that. I can't fault them for not reading because for a lot of years I didn't. But to remain willfully ignorant, that's a problem. See, now that you know that there's something wrong with what you've been told for so many years, now it's time for you to go out there. It's time for you to start learning, start challenging every one of your beliefs, because that's the way that you get better. Everything is on the chopping block as of now. Every sales belief that you hold, everything that you thought is on the chopping block, change it. Maybe some of those ideas work for your customers. Great, nothing to change, but try something new once in a while. Give it a shot, because the biggest enemy of great is good. The biggest enemy of great is good. And just because the tactics you have are performing well, doesn't mean they can't ha- you can't find something that performs great. <coughs> so, I hope this helps, I hope you guys can understand where sales has been, where it's come from. It's a new science, it's newer than psychology. And so the science behind it is even newer because it hasn't been around for very long. I am older than science, the science of selling. The art of selling has been around a long time. The science, 32 years. 32 years. So um, if you, it's a millennial. <laughs> so um, I hope this helps. I hope this opened your eyes to some things. Challenge everything you come across. Um, please go to broken connect, connect with me on all the platforms there. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. And until then go fix yourself.